Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Remembrance. And this is your main man, Kabelo Mahatu. And um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I, I posted a podcast. And this morning I thought to myself, let me, let me just speak my mind, you know. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let you and I have a conversation about something that I've seen in my life, I've seen myself do it in the past, and um, I'm now in a better space about it. Thank you for clicking. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this in advance, because I know you're going to share it. <laughs> and um, yeah, post this in all your social media networks. Um, you never know who's going to be needing to hear these words. Particularly, I want to speak to the guys or I want to speak about the men that could be in your life if you're a woman. And um, this is something that is a, is a passion for me for some years. Okay, not some years, for many, many years, actually. Um, speaking to the men, to the male child. And um, there's a pattern that I've seen, not only in my life, but in the lives of so many other men that I've um, met and um, had friendships with, encounters with. And there is a pattern that I've seen. There is a way of thinking that I've seen, which is a dysfunction on our part as men. And this, is, and this dysfunction started many, many years ago when we were kids. You know, how we were raised, who raised us. Uh, I'm sorry, who raised us. That's <laughs> all English. Yeah. <clears throat> who raised us and... Um, what type of belief system they raised us in. And um, this is a, a great contribution to how now we think as men, how we behave as men. If you want to change a person um, to do something different, the fastest way to do it is not to change what they are doing. It is not trying so hard to change how they respond to things or how they are going to act in this or that situation. The fastest way to change a man, um, and this is all men actually, human beings, is to change what they believe. If you can change a man's belief, then you have changed the man's behavior. And this is something that I feel <coughs> our generation needs, our generation of men need. It is to change what we believe so that we can change our behavior and so that we can change how we think about ourselves. Um... As young boys, we most of the in most cases, especially black boys, we are told that men don't cry, men don't show emotion. Um, uh, if 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 you're a man, you must cry within. You know, in other words, hold in your tears, because a man does not show tears because tears are weaknesses. Um, we are we are told to 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 keep secrets. Basically, they may not say it in that way, but really, what they're saying. Um, unconsciously is that we need to be very secretive. We need to keep things in, whether that be feelings, whether that be um, whatever it is that, 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 we, that we have on the inside of us, especially things that uh, bother us, we should keep it in because a man does not show emotion. That in its own is a disaster. That in its own is a reason why men... Um, are killing themselves left, right, and center. 
80% of the suicides that are, are committed in the world, they are committed by men. They are committed by the male child. That is not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. It is because there is a dysfunction in how we have raised our young men. There is a dysfunction in how our young men think and what they believe about themselves. It is our responsibility now, because I'm, I'm, I'm 34 years old, should I have a son, it is my responsibility now to change the narrative, to change the conversation, to change the belief system. Because if we don't change that, 20 years from now, we will be still talking about the same thing. Men do not show emotions. And men, particularly with their friends, do not want to share what is really happening on the inside of us. Most relationships that men f uh, form uh, are very shallow, based on alcohol, based on, on partying, based on uh, business. Uh, but we never really have meaningful relationships with our friends. Our friends do not pay attention to how we are responding to things. Our friends, you could be going through the most in life as a man, surrounded by 10 friends, or I say it's friends in, in brackets and in quotations, surrounded by 10 friends, and none of them pick up that you are dying. None of them keep up that you're screaming for help. And what is interesting about that picture is that you will find that six out of the 10 are also screaming. They are also screaming out for help from the inside. But everybody's smiling. Everybody is having a good time. Everybody is laughing about this and that. Everybody seems to be fine. And I think that is the problem. That we think that because, just because something seems right, just because something uh, feels like it's okay, then that makes it okay. I have grown to a place where I have made a conscious decision that all of the people that are in my life, all of my friends, I'm going to have meaningful relationships. I do not. Everybody that knows me, everybody that has encountered me in the past 10 years, understand that I do not just have um, shallow friendships. When you come into my life, I want to know exactly who you are. I'll ask very relevant questions that speaks to your personality. I'll ask very relevant, relevant questions that speak to um, your upbringing. I want to understand where you were, you were brought up. I want, understand, I want to understand where are your parents. Where is, and particularly with men, I will ask, where is your father? Most guys um, that I've met, I've always asked them in the very beginning of our encounter, is that where is your father? And I'll ask it in that way because I want to understand um, how that boy child or that, that man has come to be who he is today because who or where your father is or what role your father plays in, in the picture matters. It speaks volumes to your character. And um, I have those type of relationships because it is intentional for the sake of of growing something that is real. I want to be able to understand uh, when my friend walks into a room, even when he's laughing and, and smiling and everything's fine, I want to be able to pick it up to say, mm -mm, something's wrong.
if something is wrong, I want to be able to pick it up. I want to be able to to be available. And this is something that a lot of men are not. <laughs> there are many, many men are not available for their friends. Many men are not available in their relationships. Many men are not available in in an, an emotional way because remember we have been taught since a very young age to lock up all emotions because il- emotions equate um, weakness and um, because of that reason many people are not available they don't avail themselves because then that makes it strange it's foreign um, some will even call it uh, um, some, some, some men will, be, will even call it oh no that's so gay you know to show emotions because uh, we have been taught that emotions, um, they are linked to the, the, to the feminine uh, parties, and which is not the truth. We are still human beings. We are still people that feel. We are still p- people that um, um, we, want, we want to be, to be heard, want to be loved, want to be nurtured. And um, we are, as well, in some way, um, nurturers ourselves. It may be different from the female, but it is still there. And that part of ourselves, we have locked away because of how we were brought up. So we are unavailable. We find people who killed themselves who were with us last night. And we, we will be like, oh, ah, but he seemed fine, though. He seemed okay. And which is true, he seemed okay, but was he? Which is where... I feel that we need to wake up as men. We are in trouble. Our young men are in trouble. You know, they have locked themselves in cages at the age of 12. Locked themselves in cages, maybe the cage may be called addiction, where a boy child is addicted to pornography, where a boy child is addicted to sex, or a boy child is addicted to, to um, a substance abuse, or whatever the case may be. And we, we have caged ourselves in that place. And we start bringing our toys in, into that cage. Our toys may be um, more addictions where we put our toys in the cage. But as we grow older, the cage stays the same. That cage will remain the same, but we are growing. My physical stature is growing. And I'm now starting to fill up that cage with myself. Because as, as I grow, the cage will remain the same. And the more I grow, the more toys I want to bring in. The toys may be, um, or may, may, be, may be stress because of school, maybe stress because of a woman, maybe uh, whatever, maybe more addictions. We are just putting and storing so many things in the same cage that is remaining the same as we grow. This is why at the end of the day, it becomes too much. Because we are not sharing with the world what is happening inside of my cage. I'm not sharing it because this is my cage and I am told that I'm not supposed to tell anyone what is in my cage. And I grow older. More toys. And I fill that cage. Now I'm, I, I'm on my knees now because I can't even fit in that cage anymore. I'm prostrating on the, on the floor in that cage because I cannot, can no longer fit. My toys and my addictions are all around me and now... I get to a point where I put a gun in my mouth and I begin to pull the trigger. And everyone will say, but he seemed fine. What you don't realize is that I may have pulled my, the trigger because of a woman 
who dumped me or I may have pulled the trigger because of a job I, I, I lost. But the real truth is that I did not kill myself because of a woman. I did not kill myself because of that job. I killed myself because of all the things that I've stored up in my cage. It became too much. The job just pushed me over the edge. The woman just pushed me over the edge, but really I was already on the edge. And this is something that a lot of people don't understand. It is that there is so many things that contribute to why a person ends up at that space in their life where everything now does not make sense anymore, where all you think about, the only thing that makes sense is for me to, to just kill myself. As a man, it is because I am tired. I am, I am suffocating in my cage. I no longer know what to do with these toys and addictions that I've held so, so close to me and I've held so secretive, so secretively in my cage. Now I'm like, you know what, I'm done. But I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday and I, and, and I said to him, the only thing that a man needs when he's in that space is for someone to just say to him, how are you? Are you okay? Can I help you? And we are not even available to do that. As, as women, you're not available for your men. As mothers, you're not available for your sons. As fathers, you're not available for your sons. As brothers, you're not available for each other. As sister, you're not available for your brother. As a friend, are you available? Can that person come to you and say, listen, I'm dying? Without you thinking it's, it's something minor. Can a friend come to you and say, listen, I am suffocating? Without you thinking this is just another way of him speaking because he's drunk now. Are you available? And that is the question that you should ask yourself. Be available for the people, especially the men in your life. I really hope that... <clears throat> This podcast means something to you. I really hope that you can learn something from this and begin to use it in your, in your daily lives. Have a fantastic, fantastic rest of your day.